Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their story and adversity that each one of us experienced to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Today, I have a special guest. I know, I say that all the time, but every single one of my guests is special. Nikki, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. So I am Nikki Cobble. Like I said in our great introduction, I am 22 years old. I graduated summa cum laude from Florida State University at the age of 20. Um, and now I have successfully grown since then three businesses to which I have sold one and am passively running two. My biggest one being Outsource Aid, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit. Awesome. Okay. I was going to say, can you go back 20 years? But we can't, right? <laughs> okay. First of all, I am kind of curious, like, okay, age 20, that's amazing. Super young. And then owning a business and selling it. You are one driven person. Okay amazing can you kind of go back for my listeners and our listeners really and tell me like what motivated you and inspired you to graduate so early like did you already know like this is what I'm going to do when I grow up so it's a great question I actually until I was in my my final year had no idea what I wanted I always felt confused fortunately uh, my parents are kind of entrepreneurial never really had that corporate job so I knew I didn't fit into a box. I didn't want to go get an engineering degree or I didn't see myself ever working for anyone. My job growing up was a babysitter, so I never really had a boss. So I was going through college and I never partied and I went to Florida State. It is a party school. Never partied, never really drank. And I felt very out of place for that. But now I know that's kind of my superpower that I didn't really want to fall into what's what's the norm per se for college and my drive really originated from how competitive I am you know seeing other people get all A's I'm like shoot I'm, I'm smarter than them why aren't I doing that so it kind of grew into a perfectionist OCD I gotta get all A's I gotta be the best and that tripled into I want to graduate early I want to self-teach myself from now on I want to get a head start in the real world so that's kind of how graduating so early and kind of, of getting ahead of the game happened. Now, have you gone to school during COVID or are you already pretty much done during COVID? So COVID hit my senior year of college. So I actually really only spent two years at school. Then COVID hit and I went back home and then I graduated and I've been, I'm in Florida. So I've been in Florida ever since. I want to move there. I'm in San Diego. I mean, we love the sun, but like the state itself, mm, not so much. Like really. Uh, no, I can't stand California. And, and 
Yeah. It's a different conversation that we're going to have. I love West Palm Beach. That's like I've been to Florida and West Palm Beach is somewhere like I would want to settle in for sure. That's like one of my goals. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it for sure. Yeah. Where are you in Florida? Somewhere in there? I am so far away from Orlando and West Palm Beach. So I'm in Destin, Florida. Which okay. Is kind of the panhandle, uh, beautiful, beautiful beaches, but very small city. But I do want to move kind of more south or central, like what you're looking at. Um, but we, but come join Florida. A lot of people from California and New York, they're, they're joining us. So it's encouraged. Yeah, I, I love Florida's mindset. It is where I need to be. That's for sure. So thank you for that. Now, when you actually, you know, decided like, hey, I'm competitive. I want to graduate. But why did you want to graduate so early if you were like, I don't know what I'm going to do? That's very fair. It, at the moment, I didn't know. I just knew it's what I felt I needed to do, but I didn't know why. And my parents were both kind of wild in college, same with my sister. I mean, not more so than others, but they, they loved drinking. They loved going out. They loved football games. And they said, college is the best four years of your life. You will forever regret leaving early. Stay as long as you can. My sister got her master's so she could stay longer. But I just knew that wasn't... It wasn't me, and I didn't know why yet, but I've really enjoyed since then listening to podcasts like yours, consuming books, and, you know, YouTube, and really self-learning, and I just, I wanted to make money, and I wanted to do it now, and I just felt like I had to get out of there. Wow, that's actually pretty amazing. I have a lot of students listening, for sure. What kind of tips would you provide for them if they do want to take your path in terms of graduating early? Uh, it definitely takes, to, to graduate early, uh, it kind of takes preparation. Because, you know, I graduated high school with a 4.7, then had the full ride scholarship, went in as a sophomore, and that's how I got to graduate early. And I took five classes every semester. So I, it really was like a, a heavy workload to get it done. So it's not like you can just rip the Band-Aid off kind of thing. But definitely, I went in and I got a very broad degree, so media communications with a minor in entrepreneurship. So that way I knew, you know, I'm not getting a math degree. You know, if, if this entrepreneurship thing doesn't work out, my degree would serve me in many, many industries. So I definitely recommend kind of having that safety net. And if you don't have kind of what I had was entrepreneurship parents, maybe dip your toe in the corporate world and then start being an entrepreneur as a side hustle. Everyone's familiar with that term. I know it by now. Start with that side hustle, you know, have a that part-time, you know, have your side hustle be your part-time gig and just until that income can take over, it'd probably be best to have another job. I didn't, but that was kind of a big rest on my end. Yeah. Not a lot of people have that ability. I understand about graduating early. I did the same thing. I was in college while I was in high school. I literally got needed to get approved for 24 units instead of 12. I double up in college because I had a double major. Computer software programming was my major and communications journalism. Like it's the opposite of two. And then I had a minor in business administration. But in between that, I, on my third year, actually, in college, I had to work full time. I didn't have a choice. And so mm -hmm. I had to drop. I was only like a year, couple, four classes away from getting my 
double major of computer software and I had to, to give it up. And I was so sad about that. But at the same time, you have to hustle and survive, right? And so mm-hmm. instead of me, so now with free up time for a year, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I did is I took up master's classes during my bachelor's. So when I got my master's, instead of taking two, two and a half years, I did it in a year. And now I'm still back in college, by the way. I'm taking my second master's. I already have a doctorate in international business. That took forever, too. But now I'm coming back uh, for my master's in cybersecurity. And I'm graduating in June of next year. I know. And I'm super (laughs) part-time. I'm a mom. I have an 18-year-old, okay, and a 15-year-old. So I'm quite busy. And I have, like, I used to have four dogs. Now it's three. Married for 20 years. It's been a hot minute, you know? But yeah. For you, though, what do you think now that I'm curious about the three businesses that you did and started? Because I think that's super amazing. Can you share with us how you started with your first business? Yeah, so my first business is Honor Processing. And and honestly, for entrepreneurs, I think this is a really good stepping stone if you're comfortable in sales because it is salesy. And I think sales is the absolute kind of keystone trait and skill that any entrepreneur can have. But um, basically, I was an ISO, so an independent sales organization for a payment processing company. So basically, you know, they provide the service, they even provide customer service and technical support and everything. But I'm basically an independent sales organization where I can hire sales reps below me, I can give them my own commission. And I essentially go out and sell and I get a really a much higher commission out of that and then make residual payments or make residual commission every single month but that never goes away. So I have that and I hired a virtual assistant to kind of take it over for me. I sold as many as I wanted to sell. I wanted to move on. I wasn't super passionate and now I get paid a good bit every single month and I don't do a single thing because my VA, my virtual assistant takes it over and it's passive. So that was my first business. Uh, my second business, because I was B2B, I thought, here I am dealing with business owners every single day. None, of, Most of them have really bad websites, which is absolutely unacceptable in this day and age. And they need, they need help. They need social media help. They need all that. So I started a digital marketing agency and thought, I'm just going to sell to my lead list and my clients that I already had. Learned a lesson. I didn't fail, but I learned a lesson. You don't fail as long as you learn and you don't quit, mm-hmm. right? Failures don't exist. We're, entrepreneurs are too cocky to even... Think about failure. You're like, that was just a stumble. Where can I keep going? Exactly. That oh, trip there. Okay, yeah. I'm going to keep going now. But um, I absolutely wasn't passionate. I, I'm not good with social media. Y'all can follow me, but I'm not super active on social media or websites. So I... I had to sell it. I was like, I'm not passionate. This can make great money, but I do not love it. And it's just not sustainable. So I actually took what I learned from hiring my own VA. Every entrepreneur said, well, I want one because they're extremely affordable, you know, $4 an hour as opposed to 15 or whatever. 16. Yeah. 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 And um, it made my entire business passive and I delegated and they all, everyone seemed to want one. So that had become... That grew into outsourcing. Now I do it on a bigger scale. Awesome. That is actually pretty good. I love that story because anyone who's passionate about trying to figure out things, don't be afraid. Just go for it, right? Mm -hmm. 
And if you, like you said, I mean, I always get this, uh, tell the story actually. Like, do you know how many times, you know, Albert Einstein probably trying to figure things out or Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison took like 999 failures per se, quote unquote. And then can you imagine if he, he gave up? He's like, you know what? I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. Right? We would never have electricity. Like seriously. Right? It's so It's a really good thing that entrepreneurs are kind of a little conceited. They don't view failure. They don't register it. Yeah, you're like, you know what, what do you mean fail? I tried. That's all that matters, right? And we actually teach our kids like you keep trying. And and I think our society is so hang up and on, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. Why? You didn't even try. That's how you become a failure because you didn't try. I think I love the I don't know who coined the 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 words N O means next opportunity, not no necessarily in your face. And I agree with you when it comes to sales. I've actually done construction sales. I don't know if you know that. So I've done insurance. I did insurance. I did banking. I did commercial financing. I did software sales. I did global public speaking for Nestle. Yeah. And I own three. Well, no, this is my third business. My first one was Japanese animation with my dad. And I, we grew it through three different retail shop, but then I had to move because of my husband. We had to move to the East Coast. We lived in Boston for a little bit in Northern Virginia. And then from there, I had a consulting group for academic help because I found that there's a lot of students who are going through their doctorate program but are lost. They don't know who to contact. And then everyone cost arm and a leg and they still can't help you. When you go through your dissertation with the editor, sometimes it costs you 10 grand to edit your dissertation. No, I had small kids. I didn't have a job. I don't have 10 grand for you, but I still need to graduate. So I literally memorized the APA manual to the T. All I mean, at that time, if you asked me any page number, I would tell you because I was too cheap to pay 10 grand. I memorized that book. And then I realized, yeah, you can actually help people do that. So I did that. But then I moved back to California because I'm from California. So then now I'm starting this. So it's, I can see the progression in your, in your success going through. Now, what do you think the traits and skills do you feel that are most important for entrepreneurs? Uh, Yeah. Like, like we touched on both skills, sales, a hundred percent. I hate it. I hated cold calling. I hated Cold emailing people are rude. I took it personally almost every time, which shouldn't do. But I, I think that's important even just for a little bit to do to do that because you've got to be able to sell yourself. You're always people are always selling. Um, so that's a very important skill. But with regard to trait, kind of like what we talked about, failure is is two things. It is not doing it at all, not trying at all, or quitting. So you know, kind of piggybacking off of that persistence and consistency. Persistence to keep going even when you have a sucky day, nothing gets done. You know, when I don't have a busy day, I feel bad about myself because I'm like, God, I worked for five hours and not eight hours. I could have pushed myself harder. Persistence and consistency in doing the boring stuff. The boring stuff is gonna is what's going to make you succeed. There's going to be, you know, milestones every now and then getting a podcast interview or making your first $9,000 a month or, you know, there's going to be big things, but it's the really boring 50 cold emails you send every single day. That's going to make the biggest difference. 
Yeah, the things that you don't want to do. I just taught a class yeah. last night about management, and I asked my entire class. I said, "Okay, who likes sales here?" Literally, ninety nine point nine percent said, "No, I hate sales." And I said, "Okay, let me back up. Are you guys married? Do you have a partner? Do you like anybody? Do you even like talking to your parents?" They're like, "Yeah, that's different." I'm like, "You don't understand." You might hate sales, but you're selling yourself every single day as an authority.、Mm-hmm. When you are a parent and you look at your an adult child, I'm five feet tall. My daughter's taller than me, and I said, "No, you can't do it." You're literally selling yourself as an authority. To that, no means you can't do it, right? When you are with your partner, with your husband, you're selling yourself that this is what I want. This is what's going to happen. Right when you are looking for that interview, that job, whatever, you're selling yourself that you know what you're doing and you have the skills to back up what you said in your resume. So if you said that I hate sales, how did you get your job? If you're working, right? If you're not working, that means you're not really doing anything at this moment. But you are sales is embedded in us. I think the mindset has to change, and the reason for that's because they know that most. Interaction with the salespeople—they either lie or they're pushy, right?、Mm-hmm. And that is really the experience that we get from salespeople. But can you imagine if you switch that? Like you literally need organizations couldn't run without sales. It just—it's the bloodline. It's like your blood cells going through your entire body. That's sales. Without it, you're not breathing that oxygen. It's not happening, right? But you hate it. I'm like, okay, it's like breathing. Don't breathe then, you know. That's how sales are. So if you're gonna hate it, hate it with a purpose for something else, because it's part of you. You're selling yourself every day that you're the authority to whatever that you're doing. So I'm glad you said that. Now, pushing through, can you talk to me a little bit about outsource aid? Like, what does that do, and how does that help others? Right. So outsource aid is a lot of let's say trial and error, bunch of fails, bunch of successes. And I've constantly tweaked it, and I'm, I'm only prefacing this because it's another tidbit that I think your audience should know: is that you go in, and I had such a vision of wh- exactly what I wanted, and it just wasn't really panning out. There was a lot of kind of little flaws I didn't see, and that's when I just went to consumers and you know my target market: how can I make this better? What do you want? What do you want from this? And it's a million tweaks every single day. Which is really frustrating because I nothing's worse than tweaking a website like every single day. But、um, really, just you want to provide value. It's not your it's your business, but you're making it for people. And if you don't listen to them, it's going to fail. But basically, what Outsource Aid now is we really help businesses typically five hundred thousand dollars plus in revenue. Yes, we can help people below, but typically they're not. They don't feel ready enough yet. But we go in and we analyze how can we save them money. How can we cut costs by identifying roles and responsibilities that can be delegated or terminated altogether. So I do this primarily through assigning virtual business assistants. So let's say you have someone in HR. They go on LinkedIn all day, and then they do interviews, and you're paying them thirty-five dollars an hour plus interns plus benefits. You don't need to be doing that. I I go, I source, I screen a virtual assistant for you. They're specializing in you know HR management or recruitment. They do the LinkedIn for you. They do the interviews for you, and you pay them ten dollars an hour, no benefits, no insurance. 
that saves businesses tens of thousands of dollars a year. And that's just an example. People mm-hmm. love social media VAs, data entry, executive assistants, recruiting, you know, there's a bunch, but that's a mouthful to say we go in and we teach businesses how to save money and how to delegate. I like that. I can already think about like Lean Six Sigma when I did that back 20 years ago, how to save money and cut cost. Mm-hmm. So that's actually good. Now we need people that's maybe you can do a subunit on outsource aid where mm-hmm. for startups to mm-hmm. actually scale them within a year, six months to a year, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now you're starting at the mid high, but what it, can you imagine if you're doing the startup? There's a lot of startup, like 46%, yeah. 55% of uh, jobs actually in America are a bunch of startup. Like Google is an LLC, you know, like seriously, there's a, yeah. And you didn't, if you go to Google, you'll see Google LLC, they're an LLC, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, oh, there gotta be a corporation. Nope. Even Apple CEO, the late CEO said, you know, he wants Apple to always feel like it's a startup because you're motivated to do things. When you feel like it's too big to scale, you feel detached from your people, right? But when you feel like you're a startup, you have that passion that beats your heart. Like, I'm going to keep going today. Today is something else. I wanted to talk to you about what inspires you. That's it. What inspires me? Very broad. So let me think. What inspires me is really not to just stroke your ego, but women and and entrepreneurs just like you that really are just trying to provide value to help others and have made it, but but not you know overnight. You know, there's there's no such thing as that overnight success. People, it becomes visible maybe overnight, but that's years of putting in the work and succeeding. And heck, I didn't know. 90% of the things that you did before today, but you did so much before this. So many jobs and sales and careers and schools and, and and multiple businesses before that. So seeing other women succeed, seeing other entrepreneurs succeed, I mean, that is, it couldn't be more inspiring. And luckily, my job, my career is is helping entrepreneurs every single day who never thought they were they would ever be where they're at. And they are. And um, so that's incredibly inspiring. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm, thank you for doing that. There is no such thing. I'm so glad that you're inspired by other women. I'm I'm a bleep. I'm like a nothing in this world. I'm just trying to inspire the people that you can do it. You know, whatever that is the best of you, you can do it. I'm just really in awe that you're so young at such a young age. Like you're so driven and I love that. You kind of inspired me like to talk about like, do you know the Melanie Perkins, the CEO of Canva? Not Canvas, but Canva. I love Canva. I don't know too much about her background. Yeah, so she actually is Australian Filipino. I didn't know that. And she co-founded her boyfriend, now husband, was the co-founder of Canva. The reason that they even founded that is because they actually were um, in school. She's super smart, just like you, driven, just like you. And one day she was trying to do a tutoring job and she was trying to tutor I like students in, in um, photoshopping stuff. And she's like, wow, this is so difficult. Why does it have to be difficult? So she did that and she found a way to do it. The first business that they did was doing a yearbook like doing your book editing and they're like oh my god this is still kind of difficult right and canva was really back in like she's only 35 but she's a billionaire canva is now a 20 
$6 billion company. Billion. Yeah, but do you know when Canva started back like in the 2013 or 14? And you only hear it about five years. But she's an amazing woman. That's another person, woman that you want to follow. Like I follow her on LinkedIn because I wanted to see like if you see this woman, it's not like they did anything super special, but they there's something special about their core. They want to solve a problem. Your solution needs to be broad enough for the world to use. And your outsource aid, I think, could really go big. Persistency, Nikki. Persistency, okay? <laughs> and consistency, that's right. Yeah. So I'm glad that you said that. Now, I usually ask this for people who are my age and the old age I considered it. But maybe you can tell our young listeners too, like, do you feel that you have discovered your purpose or are you still trying to seek that? Ooh, I think purpose is is kind of similar to success and that it's something you can kind of always be chasing. You know, you think you're never going to hit success because that the flag's just going to keep moving or the goal line's going to keep moving or whatever that saying is. So in in a way, yes, I think I I found my purpose and that I I strive to want to help entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, and I get to do that now every single day in my career. Uh, but I want to I want to grow that. I want to expand that. I want to reach more. I want to reach businesses on a higher scale. I want to help startups, just like you said, scale. Um, so I want to. I think I've hit my purpose. I think I've found it. I know what I want. But I think it's just going to keep on growing. Yeah, I think so too. I'm excited to see that. I really am. And you'll be like, hey, I had Nikki on my podcast. <laughs> that would be so amazing, right? Now, before we end this conversation, I'm going to ask you one last question. I watched a, an interview with His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And he said, change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. So, Nikki, how do you hope to change the world? Oh, I hope to change the world very, very simply put, probably too simply, but really empowering and uplifting other entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurial women, because women are we're making strides. I, I promise you it's visible. I see it every day, but we got lengths to go. And um, so I want to keep encouraging them that they can do it providing more value from them, just like being a guest on podcasts like yourself or writing books or I'm volunteering at schools too, just reading to people. I mean, really helping them achieve the goals that are trapped in their mind, which, which the first step is, I hope they know this, but the first step is getting it out of your mind. Take action, write it down. It, I used to feel so stupid writing things down in a journal. I'm like, I don't want a diary. But I promise you, the law of attraction and manifestation, it's a thing. So write down your goals and never, ever doubt yourself. Baby steps. It takes baby steps to succeed. So really continuing to uplift others. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think I'm going to create a class called vision boarding. <laughs> because a lot of leaders that I've talked to who are actually entrepreneurs have 
you know, things put down. But can you imagine if anybody can just take a class that says vision boarding? This is how you grow your mind to go and manifest what you want in life, right? Something tangible and not just talk about it. Like this is A, step B, get a sticky note at Walmart. You know, like this is what we're going to do today. You inspired me. I think I definitely will. People are pushing like, oh, you should do this. I'm like, ah. Uh, I like, you know, hum and huh. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to really do it. <laughs> it hopefully will help someone. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. I had a great time, CJ. All right. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at leveluppbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.